0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the melrose place podcast where we re-watch recap and analyze every single episode of that hit 90s tv series melrose place i'm
1: jenny hill
0: i'm dan hill
1: let's get it started
0: Episode 31, the season finale, Till Death Do Us Part, air date May 18th, 1994, we're done with season two.
1: Get ready for the longest episode of your life.
0: Goodness gracious. Woo! We were like, when is this motherfucker going to end? It
1: is just <laughs> one crazy reveal after another.
0: It was intense. It, it was, was. I couldn't handle anymore. I was just like, "Like Fuck. Wait, okay,
1: wait, what? Yeah. And then this too? And then that too? Ah, It's like your, your brain just is like overloaded. Yeah, it,
0: was, it was too long. It was too long. There was too much going on.
1: Well, let's delve into it now. We open the episode with a very long, lingering shot on a bird who's missing one leg.
0: Yeah, I and I was like, "All right, is this like a flamingo thing where they only stand on one leg?"
1: I don't know, Dan. When I used to work at the Santa Monica Pier like years ago, there was this little pigeon or seagull that had one leg, and we called it Hobblefoot. And it would always like hang out around the break area. Uh-huh. And it was always there. And then I learned that it was just multiple birds because so many had lost legs.
0: They lose their legs. It wasn't sharks. just
1: like one No, I think they get in fights or like they get in they get 'em stuck. I don't really know. Really a bit <laughs> I don't really know.
0: We had a cat. We had a cat at Prop Store we called Hobblefoot. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Was it missing a leg? He like limped around. Well, I just thought that was a
1: really weird choice. And then there were a lot of different shots of just the beach just overcome with birds. It was very weird. Like, you know, when someone like throws out bread and it's like, oh, my God, attack of the birds. It was like establishing we're at the beach and it's like and another shot with birds and And, then another uh,
0: shot. And then the generic lyrics to this generic song was
1: she's the reason <laughs> and so we see the beach house in the distance and we go into the bedroom where michael and kimberly have just finished They're making love
0: getting it on and kimberly is like Her she has just an appetite for sex now. She's
1: insatiable and she's like, let's do it again. The party's not over till I say it is.
0: Kimberly's a savage.
1: And Michael's (laughs) like, okay, let can we just talk, please? Like, stop. I can't
0: do this again. The role has has completely reversed. And she's like, talk. Why talk?
1: And Kimberly's like, okay, fine, let's talk. Let's talk about
0: Sydney. She's so salty.
1: She is very salty and she says month after month, night after night, sleeping in this bed next to her. Why didn't you ever stand up to her? Well, honey, I couldn't because, you know, there was a lot on the line and she was threatening to ruin me. I had to do what she said. No, Michael, you didn't have to do what she said. You could have gone to her and stood up to her and she would have gone to the police and they would have found out that I was alive and well and everything would have been fine. But no, you decided to let me rot in a hospital.
0: Which is a good point. Well. You know, you can't go to prison. For murdering someone who isn't dead,
1: but Dan it, Michael had no idea that Kimberly was still alive. I mean, he had no indication that she was still alive, and it's just insane to think that he could believe otherwise. So he was really trying to save his own skin, and that just shows you what kind of a character he is.
0: Mm-hmm. Who told him that she was dead? Her mother. He just like went in there and she was gone.
1: Well, the mother said we're moving her and then somebody at the hospital delivered the news.
0: Yeah, someone at I the hospital. I think hosp- it was Matt. Yeah. Well, like where did Matt get that information? She's She's gone.
1: Probably from the other hospital or the mom calling this hospital. Who knows? But anyways, yeah. we know that. Kimberly is still not over this. She's still harboring this resentment that Michael was able to move on so quickly. But then they decide, hey, we're not gonna talking. Let's just start making out again.
0: Yeah, but she's pretty salty about Sydney. And um at this moment, Michael does finally sort of stand up to Kimberly. He's like, How many times could I gotta say I'm sorry? You know? I'm sorry. Okay? Jesus. And then she's like, All right. Let's get back to Bonin.
1: So we head over to Allison and Billy's apartment where Allison is reading out loud an RSVP that's been declined by her sister Meredith saying that it's three days before the wedding. And this mm. is the first notification that Allison is getting that her sister will not be attending.
0: That's a late regret.
1: What is up with that?
0: Someone's getting charged dinner plate.
1: And it's so funny because, <laughs> uh, like, of course, up until this point, we had no idea that Allison had a sister. And I think their writers were really aware of this. So they had this line for Billy where he's like... Well, Allison, you never even talked about her until now. It's almost like she didn't even exist. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, because she didn't. And you just wanted to throw it in
0: there. And then Allison says, like, the revealing lines of, like, what did I do? What did my parents do? She might as well have turned around and winked at the camera. I mean,
1: Meredith just doesn't care about me, does she?
0: Or our family. Mainly my dad. (laughs)
1: Wink. So there's a knock at the door. Uh, Allison goes to answer it, and it's Amanda.
0: And she says, here's your bridesmaid's dress. Give it to a friend if you have any left.
1: And she shoves a garment bag into Allison's arms. Allison is immediately... Oh, Amanda, I still want you to, still want me to be a bridesmaid? Are you crazy? After everything you've done to me, you think that you can backstab me and I'm just going to shower you with rose petals? I'm sorry, that's not how this works. Oh, and by the way, I did get your gift from Nordstrom. It's a beautiful crystal vase and it looks awesome in my apartment. Bye! Wasn't it Tiffany? Oh shit, it was Tiffany.
0: It was Tiffany's, Oh, yo. even better. Yeah.
1: We got a Tiffany's corkscrew for our wedding.
0: Hollow. Oh. Dude,
1: that was about it, though, <laughs> as far as like Tiffany's
0: goes. Dude, like here's the thing. I I don't understand one why was Amanda a bridesmaid in the first, in the place. first place? Like just from How the get-go. How does this make sense? Yeah, this was never spoken of. That your boss would be your bridesmaid. It's just, just strange. It's very strange. It doesn't make and any given sense. Given their
1: history, like when have yeah. they actually been friends? Never. Like they were kind of pseudo friends in the beginning before the whole Billy thing started. And then after that it's kind of like, okay, let's keep it. They in were the friends. Office.
0: Yeah, they were friends when she was having a miscarriage. And they I were don't know. and they were working late.
1: So Jake and Joe are up in Joe's apartment, and they're kind of watching this exchange transpire between Allison and Amanda while Amanda's at Allison's doorstep, and Joe is like, "Okay, Jake, when are you going to talk to Amanda? You really need to end it with thi- with things with her." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Look, well, I'll take care of it. Everything's fine. I mean, she's seeing this guy, Chaz. It's fine."
0: And Joe says, "Look." you i know what happens when people like two people at the same time it doesn't work all right and then jake spills into this whole like well you were first it's like bitch shut the fuck like, up so jake what come on jake you making me mad this episode man and and at this moment in time we we're led to believe that like amanda done it's over yeah and joe is new main squeeze
1: Right. And then all Jake has to do is just kind of like finalize this with Amanda. They've had little arguments here and there that are leading up to this. And he's just going to say, look, for once and for all, it's over. And then he's going to begin this relationship with Joe.
0: Yeah. He's like, he's just like, I'll work it out. Don't worry about it. And in pure Jake fashion, we will see.
1: So now we're at D and D and Amanda's mother comes to pay her a visit. Hillary comes in. And of course she wants answers. Cause if you'll remember last episode, Chaz was fired. We're sure he probably went back to Hillary, told her a whole litany of things that Amanda has done to him. And Amanda says, look, mother, I don't know what Chaz told you, but it's frankly better that you don't know the truth. And that is not the way to try to like gain yeah. somebody's understanding and somebody's look, trust. Mom,
0: look, mom, it's bad, but I don't want to tell you because you you'll be know. even more bad.
1: Yeah, and then Hillary's like, Okay, look, I already know everything. Chaz told me it all. He loves me. He is. He would never do anything to betray me or to hurt me. And I'm so upset that you could do this to me. And
0: why do you think it's so hard for Amanda to believe that her mother, who has just reappeared in her life, like what, a week ago, it wouldn't believe her 100%. Like why is that so they hard have to believe? no relationship. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, I'm a Mary Chaz. I really don't even know you that well. I just I just talked to you. I just I just started our new relationship because you were discriminating against my model agency. That's the only reason that we started talking again.
1: Exactly.
0: Because you were being a bitch to but my you company. You know what?
1: This isn't the real world. This is Melrose Place. And yeah. Hillary says she's going to believe Chaz because she knows Chaz better than Amanda. And then Amanda is promptly. Ablu-
0: she says, go ahead. Walk out, mother. It's only this time. Promise me you'll never come back.
1: And then Hillary says, oh, I'll promise you one thing. There's going to be hell to pay for what you've done. Hell. Oh,
0: so soapy. It is like the suds on this thing. and I love it. It's super soapy. So now let's go to Mancini Designs.
1: (laughs) And we see Jane pitching her new line to this attractive guy. Is he though? Well, I think in the world of Melrose Place, he's not.
0: Compared to Paul.
1: Paul. Oh, God, (laughs) Paul. Oh. What an unfortunate looking soul.
0: Poor Paul. Uh,
1: So Jane is like, look, we're going to take, we're going to steal looks from the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, and 70s and make them all one cohesive look that's completely 90s.
0: What? Yeah, excuse me? That
1: sounds insane to me.
0: Sounds like a mess.
1: And I will say, okay, back in the 90s, You did see some of those like 40s looks like the um, the pemplum uh, like skirts and some of those silhouettes and like bell bottoms were coming back in the 90s. So maybe that's like 60s, 70s, Um, but The way that she's describing it to this guy and trying to sell it to him, it just sounds insane. And he's like, wait, okay, look, Jane, everything you're saying sounds great. I'm totally on board. Why don't you sit down? You're making me feel worked up by the way that you're running around here like a crazy person.
0: Yeah, and she's in some funky little getup. It's like like a Janet Jackson jacket from Rhythm Nation. 40s, 50s,
1: 60s, and 70s. (laughs) it's weird cohesive looking one
0: so weird um so this guy his name is his character name is chris marchetti
1: i did not get that i'm like what is this dude's name what is he doing here
0: he's played by andrew williams and he's known for pretty much nothing
1: and he is supposed to be running a department store so I right. think they have, they said around 30 locations and they're very interested in Jane's designs and they want to see about carrying her line in their stores. So he's got to know, hey, you're a small outfit. If we did place a large order with you, could you fill it? I mean, do you have the the production and the people and the manpower to actually make these clothes?
0: Jane's like, oh, we got this, bro.
1: Of course I can. Don't I wouldn't worry be talking to it. you if I didn't. So he's liking what he hears and says, you know, why don't we meet for dinner tomorrow night and we can talk a little bit more about this. How does every business transaction turn into a date at Melrose Place? Yeah,
0: it's it's um the it's lines are so
1: blurred. It's like, yes, we're having a lovely talk here, but why don't we just do this at dinner? Let's
0: do dinner. <laughs> yeah. P.S. You're gorgeous. Oh, he does. But say let's keep it professional. Yeah,
1: he's like, <laughs> I just have to tell you, Jane, you're the most beautiful designer that I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah, and doesn't he have to <laughs> specify in my life? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sort of insinuating he's had multiple lives. Like,
1: okay, well.
0: <laughs> you're the most beautiful woman I've seen. Not on paper, not on TV, in my life.
1: In this life, but the life I lived before. <laughs>
0: Okay, weirdo. <laughs> so they agree to dinner. Oh, and, let, God. and then we get whisked away. Dan,
1: the next scene. Oh, my, I just looking at this on paper makes me want to throw up. So Allison has just picked up her freaking parents from the airport. And as soon as her dad starts talking, I just want to scream. How is this? Person cast as an actual character on Melrose Place.
0: He's the worst. He
1: is so terrible. And he it starts out with him going, Oh, Los Angeles. See, I haven't been here since your mother and I whisked ourselves away to do Hawaii for our honeymoon. And we were only
0: here for an hour. And that was long enough. It looks
1: just the same. One ribbon of highway just down the road. He's Who the Fuck talks like that. He's
0: the worst.
1: Nobody! This is insane.
0: Child molesters. I
1: just. When I hear his voice, I like. It's like my world shatters around me because it just freaking irks me so bad.
0: You're listening to KKBBC Radio, and my daughter's getting married.
1: Oh my god. Well, anyway. Billy and Allison are getting married in three days. So, of course, all the family is coming in. Mm -hmm. And that's when Allison lets her parents know that Meredith, her sister, has just RSVP'd with her regrets that she will not be coming to the wedding.
0: And the dad's like, well, she's batshit crazy. (laughs) She's done drugs. She's been in cults and she's been brainwashed against us.
1: It's like what? Okay,
0: thanks, Dad. Tell
1: me more about these cults. This is insane. Yeah,
0: wouldn't you want to ask just a couple more questions there? Uh, and Allison's I got a, I got a couple like, examples. How about what drugs? Uh, which cults? And how are they brainwashed against yeah. you?
1: And then Allison's just like, "Well, I guess you're right, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> okay, everything's fine.
0: Yeah, cool. Meredith's a wackadoo.
1: What? It's so crazy." We cut to D&D, where Amanda is being called into the boardroom. There we find Bruce and their senior counsel waiting to talk to Amanda about some pretty big news that they've just heard.
0: And Chaz is laying it down thick. I'm talking a $10 million sexual harassment lawsuit in 94.
1: And what did I say, guys? You were right. I got it right.
0: Ten million—that's a lot. So that's a lot. Oh no,
1: I I agree, Dan. Ten million dollars. Yeah, maybe unprecedented, and she's against shocked. a woman, and yeah. then it's almost as if like Bruce and all of his cronies are immediately like are just like, you're guilty. Whatever you tell us, Amanda, it doesn't even matter. Well,
0: I, I think that they're a little triggered by her response because she's immediately like, if anyone should be filing a harassment suit, it should be me. And, they're, and then, then they're standoffish and they're like, well, then why didn't you? That's what makes it seem weird. And they're like, well, you didn't report it. So what the fuck? You know,
1: well, I get what you're saying, and there there has got to be some responsibility and culpability on her part too, because if there was really sexual harassment going on with her, she's an employee there, a senior employer there, and then she should know, you know, how to handle that with going to HR. But I,
0: I'm surprised that no one, and you know why? You know why? Because I bet they got complaints when Jake rolled up in there <laughs> and was like, Amanda. <laughs> hey lady love me or leave me and in front like, of
1: like 40 employees yeah
0: the company and the entire company well, and then she fucked him on the desk you think no one saw that <laughs> so of course like they read this like oh well do you remember that time when that guy came in and like screamed at her and then she like banged him on the desk but
1: you know no okay i just think she, Amanda's worked for d and d for long enough that I think that they would give her the benefit of the doubt and allow her to explain the situation as opposed to like her coming in there in front of the firing squad and being like not even an invitation to sit down why don't you have a seat let's talk it's like they start the like berating her right when she walks in and they're well, like
0: well i mean would i'm saying like it's ten million dollars. no one's going to be happy with you." No one's so, going to be like, hey, sweetie, come on in. Let's chat.
1: Bruce does say that he is upset that she fired him without consent or knowledge and that she didn't tell anybody about her allegations of sexual ab- abuse. And, and he found Chaz's work to be more than satisfactory. And
0: Chaz worked there for like 72 hours. Yeah. And told Allison to do all of his work. <laughs> And set up a poker game.
1: Yeah, and so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is it.
1: So we end this scene with Bruce saying, well, based on what Chess says, we're in a deep mess. Yeah. Doesn't look good for old Amanda.
0: It's not going good. So now uh, we go to Allison and Billy's apartment where Allison's mother is putting on purple sheets onto the couch and i didn't
1: really like got you yeah i was like what's (laughs)
0: happening?" so like they're they're putting on the on the 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 sheets and um they're thanking allison's mom and she's like oh don't mention it it's the least i can do or billy's giving up his room and i was like what the least you can do is put purple sheets on the couch And then you explained.
1: Yeah, Dan, because Billy is giving up his room for Allison's parents to sleep there. And it would be improper for Billy and Allison to sleep in the same bed before they were married. So Billy's going to sleep on the couch and the mom is making up his little bed on the couch. I see. And it's like, I don't know, for some reason that really got you upset. It never
0: occurred to me. (laughs) I was like, oh, Premarital
1: well. sex is like weird?
0: <laughs> I was like, because they were already, they started doing it again.
1: Well, her parents don't know that, Dan. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so, there's a knock on the door. Yeah,
0: a knock on the door. It's Amanda. And Allison is like, oh, like Allison forgets that Amanda hates her every time. All scene. the time.
1: It's very <laughs> so it's like, weird.
0: Oh, hey, Amanda, meet my mom. And then Amanda is like, Don't give me that bullshit.
1: Do you have any idea what your big mouth has started? Any idea? Chas has filed a lawsuit against me, and now I have to go try to win this case.
0: I'm out of here. And Allison is just like, okay, great.
1: So we then head over to Hollywood Boulevard, where Sydney has resorted to walk in the streets.
0: And... I, we've been to Hollywood Boulevard many a times in the evening, and they've cleaned it up.
1: But, Dan, I back in 94, it was a shit show. With it was like like hookers hell, like that? Yes. Really? Yes. It's very well known that, like, they've really—especially Hollywood and Highland— That used to be a really bad part of town.
0: Really? Yeah. Now it's like mega tourist. They really
1: cleaned it up and made it a very tourist-friendly destination and like a place where people want to come to see the handprints and, you know, find your star. But really, especially like late 80s in that time frame, it was like no one would go there at night. It was like, let's
0: do it on Bob Hope's star.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was like... (laughs) So... Sydney's walking around and she notices there are three other ladies of the night that have congregated around a lamppost.
0: Those weren't ladies. (laughs) Those were mutants with special powers. (laughs) They were X-Men.
1: They take notice of Sydney and they feel threatened right away. And they're like, hey, lady, this is our turf. You better get to step in. Yeah,
0: they're like, get walking. This is our turf. She starts walking away, and then they come chase her, and they, like, track her down, and then they just, like, circle her, like, 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 third, hyenas. like sixth grade.
1: Yeah, and they're like, and then Sydney starts trying to stand up for herself, like, it's a free country, I can stand where I want. Oh, no, you can't, honey. Oh, isn't that funny? She's an uppity slut.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you little uppity slut. <laughs> And then the, the the really, really like... Ratchet one? Yeah. She pulls out this fucking switchblade.
1: Like a six inch blade and she's yeah, like...
0: Like she's about to murder Like Sydney. honestly,
1: or like really <laughs> disfigure her to a very <laughs> bad way. And, and
0: they kick her ass. Like, the
1: blocking here was so bad though.
0: Yeah. This like
1: was, stage combat, like it was so bad.
0: It's like a measly kick in the stomach. Punch in the face, and, and then they're, all, they're like
1: laughing and high and like, "Yeah, we showed her. We
0: got her. Don't ever try to have sex with guys for money <laughs> around here again, bitch." And yeah, they were just. I wonder what they're up to now.
1: So oh, I don't want to know. <laughs> Immediately, we cut to Sydney being wheeled on a gurney through the hospital, and whatever hospital that. Michael and Kimberly work at is like the only hospital that serves all of the greater Los Angeles area. Mm -hmm. You can get hurt in freaking Malibu. You could have to go like anywhere you are. That's the only hospital you go to. Maybe she got
0: airlifted.
1: (laughs) So... She's being like rushed through the halls, and everyone's like, Lots of major blood loss, lots of internal damages. Quick, get her some help.
0: And the one doctor's like, What do we got? And she says, A couple of street whores got in a fight. (laughs) 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 Oh, I love it. Who
1: should be working but Dr. Kimberly Shaw?
0: Of course. So,
1: my first, like, my first. Reaction here was, Oh my god, Kimberly has all of this power over Sydney right now. She's gonna try to murder her. Yeah,
0: it's like she's not gonna make she's it, she's
1: done. Like Sydney's done.
0: Uh, remember that whole chart switch? <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, someone's
0: getting a freaking mastectomy,
1: <laughs> an appendectomy. Yeah, that's the thing they love to do at this hospital. They love it. So they, I, uh, uh, we I'm like, okay, this is bad. Kimberly wheels her into like this little private area with a curtain. And she says to Sydney, don't worry, Sydney. Michael's going to pay for what he's done to you. For what he's done to both of us.
0: Ooh.
1: Oh, okay. Well, this is kind of changing things. Yeah,
0: new spin. So we leave it there. We probably cut to a commercial if this is 94. But um, it's the next day. And Amanda sees Jake go up into Joe's place with a crib and uh, Amanda's pissed.
1: She's at the end of her rope. I mean, there's a lot of things that are really falling apart around her. So she runs up into Joe's apartment and says, excuse me, weren't we supposed to be in a relationship to Jake?
0: And he's like, Oh boy. And, and Amanda's just like, it's pretty obvious. You, Joe's been trying to get you back and quit hiding behind Little Miss Helpless.
1: And that, like, Joe's like, okay, I'm not in this at all. Yeah, she's
0: like, why don't you guys go and talk?
1: And Jake's like, yeah, this has nothing to do with Joe. This only has to do with me and you. And then Amanda doesn't want to hear it. And she's like, you know what? You're a loser, Jake. And you're always going to be a loser. For
0: the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, and she storms out.
0: So remember what happened... Uh, what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode. it At the very beginning of the episode, Jake and Amanda are donezo. And then this is like double done. It yeah. is over. Like she calls him a loser.
1: And this isn't the first time she said like how he's just like low class and not a good person. Yeah,
0: she is really shitting on him. So we're like, okay, great. This is like an extra nail in the coffin.
1: And now we can get back to the love story that we really care about, Joe and
0: Jake. Right. It's all a wrap. So, let's shooto over, swing over to the hospital.
1: It's later that day, Sydney's recovering. She's laying in her bed and she's reading a gossip paper. The
0: Weekly Gossiper. A man, the cover says, man 30 marries 90-year-old billionaire. <laughs> and so Sydney's sucking a lollipop. Making like the most speediest recovery ever for being in shock trauma.
1: Yeah. And like
0: insanity.
1: Yeah. So she's doing great. Kimberly enters, says everything seems to be in order. And she asks Sydney, Does Michael know that you're here? And Sydney's like, Well, he doesn't know unless you told him, did you?
0: She's like, No, I wouldn't tell him. I wouldn't let him uh, embarrass you like that. And wouldn't Sydney. Have requested a different doctor.
1: I would think so.
0: I just wouldn't be comfortable because the last time they spoke, she was manhandled by Kimberly and said, like, watch it, you fucking bitch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Sydney um, is trying to make excuses for what she was doing out on the streets. And she says that she, you know, owed somebody a lot of money and she can get pretty brutal. So she's got to make up all this money. And... Kimberly tells Sydney that she's a bright, attractive girl and she's got to get her act together and hands her a wad of cash and is like, meet me at the Griffith Observatory later tonight, 11.30 p.m. Oh, yeah. It's on.
0: It is on. D&D, both sides have agreed to what is called binding arbitration, which I guess is... Uh, a step above settling, but a step below an actual like trial.
1: Right. And so a judge is going to listen to testimony from both sides, and he's going to hand down, he or she will hand down a verdict, and then both sides agree to abide by that verdict.
0: And this is happening very fast.
1: Yeah, this is happening the day after tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How in the world can any company conduct Even an internal investigation, let alone having your lawyers and representation try to put together a case.
0: Because it's pretty open and shut. (laughs) It's like, hey, guys, did anybody see Amanda making out with Chaz? Uh, yup. Okie doke. Thanks.
1: Right. So Bruce says to Amanda... Now is the time you can come clean. Chaz has a witness. Do you have any idea who you think that witness is going to be?
0: and a man is like, "I have no clue
1: and I have nothing to come clean about. I am totally in the right. This is just someone that's trying to just get like get to me and it's making up lies. Dude,
0: you could guess who the witness is who who is Chaz's partner like counterpart well.
1: Bruce may not know that. And of course, Amanda is not very forthcoming to Bruce. She knows it's Allison. And we cut to the very next scene Amanda going to Allison's little cubicle. And I love how she kicks off this conversation.
0: Oh, right. She's like, Hey, Allison, um, you know, if there's anything that you may have misconstrued as hostile, I apologize. <laughs> That is
1: the most backhanded apology. Oh, maybe you misconstrued what I said. Yeah, like...
0: Remember when I came to your apartment and threw your bridesmaid's dress at you and then said I was keeping your wedding gift?
1: I mean, if you misconstrued that as me being hostile or bitchy, <laughs> I mean I know that's on you and everything, but um I'm I did that was not
0: my intent. It's not my intention, so you need to rework how your brain thinks. <laughs> Because those were all nice.
1: And when you're called to this hearing, you're going to really need to tell them that you didn't see me doing anything with Chaz.
0: And, of course, Allison is back to good old goody two-shoes. And she's like, I'm sorry, Amanda. I can't lie under oath.
1: I just can't do that.
0: Can't do it. Can't do it. So now Jane and... We're, I'm going to call him the retailer... Called him Guy. No. <laughs> In all of my notes. He's the he's the clothing retailer guy. All right. They're on this date, and he's boozing, and he's like, oh, another bottle.
1: And Jane says, you know, no, I don't not want another bottle. And frankly, this really doesn't feel like a business dinner.
0: Yeah, she's like, I'm trying to sell my clothes, not myself. Not myself. myself.
1: <laughs> I don't want to be like my sister.
0: Yeah. So he's like, okay, well check this out I'm off he's offering her a chance at making like an exclusive line for his company and for incentive purposes he would his company would then buy a piece of uh, Mancini designs. <laughs>
1: And Jane is very excited about this proposition. However, if he wanted something so expansive, which he says it could be anything from sportswear all the way to evening gowns. So a really huge line encompassing a lot of looks. She's like, you know, quite frankly, we couldn't, we would have to have a small factory in order to produce this.
0: And I don't think Jane can do this like stylistically. (laughs) Like, you make women's dresses. It's a lot. That's kind of your specialty, and, Jane.
1: But, you know, she she's, like, ready to take on the challenge, um, but is a little concerned about the production of these garments. And he says, well, you know, in exchange, we would take care of all of the cost, all of the funding, because we'd own a piece of your business, and it would all be making everybody a lot of money.
0: Mm-hmm. And she's like, great, just got to run it past my silent partner, Michael.
1: And the guy's like, well, if your silent partner is smart and he likes making money, he's going to agree to this. And she's like, (laughs) yeah, have you met Michael? And she's like, great. Did I say I didn't want a bottle of wine? What I really want is a bottle of champagne.
0: Oh, shit. And if you're anything like Jane's lawyer, (laughs) they're going to do it.
1: And Jane looks so pretty in this.
0: She's always pretty. Like
1: Her smile is so radiant and beautiful, and she just looks so happy and lovely.
0: She's a gorgeous gal. (laughs) Josie, come on the podcast, will you? We love you. Come on. All right. Billy is at Shooters with his best man, Rob.
1: And they're reminiscing about their time at SMU.
0: Right, Rob, which, Rob. I feel
1: like it's Santa Monica University, which does not no, exist.
0: It's not SMU. Um, Rob is played by Ty Miller. Ty Miller, also not known for much, um, he was in the X Files, um, Without a Trace. He was a tech agent, and The Young Riders. He played the kid.
1: Well, he's known for a really terrible hairstyle in this episode.
0: He's weird. He looks like a child on a man's body. (laughs) Because
1: I think he still has some baby teeth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They were like just cutting in. It's like, Billy, how old are your friends?
1: And like his hair had like all this gel in the front and it just looked like wet pieces that were like just jutting out of his forehead
0: anyone best friends with billy is not to be trusted
1: yeah so he
0: they're they're reminiscing about being being single and rob asked billy about donna and donna and i might notice donna was so smart to dump billy
1: (laughs) So we learn that when Billy was in college, he had a college sweetheart, Donna, and he fell really hard for her, but they did break up and well, bygones are bygones.
0: And Billy and Billy and Rob are talking, and Billy's like, Oh, come on, you never fall hard because you're afraid of being committed. And like, <laughs> yo, dudes don't talk like this. <laughs> I've literally I've sat at many a bar. With many a friends, ha, like, drank before my, before the wedding day, like, with a buddy, just like this, and, like, you don't speak like
1: Maybe this. Maybe you don't talk like this, Stan, but you can't talk for everybody.
0: Oh, I'm talking for every man <laughs> in 1994.
1: But there's much to do about Donna, and even Rob is like, what do you think? Should we call Donna one last time for old time's sake? Let her know you're off the market. Like, yeah. That's the worst idea ever. Luckily, they're like, no, let's not. Yeah,
0: way to look like super pressed. i <laughs> uh, just calling because I'm over here.
1: <laughs> and I'm getting married tomorrow. And I'm
0: getting married.
1: <laughs> so we cut to I'm later getting that. Getting
0: married at my apartment because <laughs> I fucking suck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so it's later that. Oh, night. where's your wedding? <laughs> oh.
0: You guys live in L.A.? What? Where? Where are you doing it? Oh, outside. Oh, that's nice. You want to be a little more specific? Yeah, so like when you walk out of my apartment, it's like, it's going to be right there. Actually, it's going to be over the pool that they're going to make the fucking day before.
1: No, day of, Give me. Oh, of. the day
0: of. Give me a fucking break, guys. I'm sorry. I'm cursing. No. I'm getting upset. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be at my apartment. Okay. Guys, that you fucking cheapskates, there's got to be some middle ground between that piece of shit church you went to and Melrose Place.
1: Anyway. <laughs> It's later that night. We're at Griffith Observatory, which is this really cool planetarium, like on this, like almost like a mountain. And it overlooks all of downtown L.A. and Hollywood. It is absolutely beautiful. If you've never gone and if you're ever in L.A., totally recommend that you come and visit it. But
0: and I thought I thought this was where Kimberly was going to like detonate some shit (laughs) and like watch like
1: like she's just like trapped Sydney and she was gonna like murder her or something. No,
0: I, I never thought that she would hurt Sydney. I just thought that they were gonna watch like something get demolished. Oh, okay. You know, well that's what I thought.
1: Sydney, uh, Sydney meets Kimberly there. She's late, and I have to say, Sydney has no bumps, no bruises for someone who was bleeding mm-hmm. from the head and like kicked in the ribs and like was really. In a hot, like a bad way. Just she a was day badly, earlier.
0: Badly beaten by superhuman <laughs> prostitutes.
1: <laughs> She's looking totally fine. Um, and so that's when Dr. Kimberly Shaw goes into this whole explanation of how, when Sydney was gurneyed into the hospital and she saw her laying there all beaten and bruised up that she experienced some deja vu And she realized that they have a lot in common. They're both victims of Michael Mancini.
0: Yeah. And yeah, then this is the first time Kimberly reveals to Sid, like, don't you think he's better off not living?
1: She says, all I could think about was revenge when I was recouping in that hospital. Michael is a monster. He is a man that must be contained He's like a dog. He's got to be put out of his misery. And Sydney says, you mean murder? And Kimberly replies, no, I mean justice. Don't you want to see him dead? And Sydney thinks about it for a minute, and she says, well, yeah, I actually do. Yeah. So they make a pact. They're going to do it together. They are going to kill Dr. Michael Mancini.
0: Murder team assembled. <laughs> They're the murder Avengers.
1: So back at the beach house, it's the next day, and Michael and Kimberly are having a breakfast on the terrace.
0: And, of course, they have to make Michael look extra shitty. So she's like, oh, more more coffee, dear? And he's like, yep, bring it post-taste. <laughs> and then he says something. He's like, oh, can you get me some more grapefruit? That one was a little bitter, bitch. <laughs> To just like make him look extra so, asshole. Like, he's like
1: running her around and she's this little servant. Right. And That's when Jane stops by to tell Michael the good news that a department store wants to get a stake in their business and this is going to really make a huge, make a lot of money. She hands him the paperwork and says I'm happy to wait here. Why don't you read over it? Just sign it. As soon as I get the signature, we'll put this in motion and we're going to be really rich now.
0: Yeah. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's pump the brakes here. And Kimberly has some choice words. Oh, my
1: God. This line delivery from Kimberly made me like was everything to me. She just looks She's
0: like just ju- uh, j- Jane's like, just sign the papers.
1: And then Kimberly looks at her and says, go home, you condescending bitch. And we'll let you know what we think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Michael's like, girls, girls. Come on, we all know I'm the brains of this yeah. operation. <laughs> Why don't you both chill the fuck out? And I'm going to read this, okay?
1: And, you know, Jane is like, Kimberly, don't you ever talk to me like that again? And Kimberly's like, Well, I have to go tend to one of my patients, but have a nice day. Bye. And she's out of there. And
0: she's like, remember, he's all mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now... We head over to D&D, and Amanda runs into good old Chaz and Hillary.
1: Turns out that instead of going through this arbitration, the insurance company has decided that settling would be a good idea. $500,000 are going to be paid out to Chaz on the condition that Amanda issues an apology and issues an admission of guilt, basically.
0: And you should be saying deal. (laughs) But Amanda shuts the case and says, no deal, Howie.
1: Well, okay, listen. If you really, like, and she did it. Yes, she willingly made out with Chaz. That did happen. Mm -hmm. But all of these allegations against her are false. And really, if she does... Plead guilty to this. This will be on her permanent record, if you will, where someone could find, and it could be detrimental to her career moving forward. Why should she drag her name through the mud just because some freaking wackadoo guy wants to just like totally throw her under the bus and make a buck off? It doesn't
0: her? matter. You know how corporate is. Like, if you have a chance to just settle and end it for a fraction of ten million you do it well if there's a shot at them winning you pay the 500 grand and then she's like no bruce trust me and he's like all right but you're fired if you're guilty and you'll never work in this industry again
1: those are high stakes
0: and like they're down for this gamble this isn't something that bruce Needs to, like, send up the ladder yeah, and
1: say to, like,
0: maybe the owner of the company.
1: Yeah, because 10 mil, like, that's a lot on the hook.
0: He's just like, okay, cool. We'll roll the dice with you, Amanda, on your word. No. No, thanks.
1: Well, this is Melrose Place, Dan.
0: You deal. Things
1: work di- differently here. Next up, we're with Kimberly and Sydney getting ice cream at Echo Park. And I always thought that these two gals had a little likeness to one another and in this scene especially it looks like like a mommy and a daughter yeah <laughs>
0: like barbie and kid sister yeah really, skipper
1: it really looks like that and they're enjoying ice cream and kind of trying to like hatch plans about how they should murder michael yeah and
0: it's just it's it's very light they're just like hmm, what if we just Throw him off a building, well, mm. he
1: did have a nasty painkiller addiction. I mean, I did pretty much save his life, and Kimberly's like, Why you shouldn't let him die. Yeah and she's like, Well, maybe we could do something like that, like frame him and like drug him or something, and then he dies of pain addiction, and that's not enough for Kimberly. She's like, Well, that's a good idea, but I think we can kick it up a notch. yeah,
0: so they're they're in cahoots. They're ready to do this. Now we go to Billy and his groomsmen, all getting fitted for their tuxes for right. this wedding. Um, Billy, Mr. Parker, um, Rob, Matt, and Jake.
1: And the, in this scene, Allison's dad tells Billy to call him dad.
0: Oh yeah, call me dad. <laughs> Okay, oh, Dad. Oh God,
1: calling that man Dad is like, oh, that I mean, just makes me want to like really jump off a building. I mean,
0: I'll call you freak.
1: <laughs> he's so weird. And so Billy goes up to Matt, and he's like, "Look, I gotta go back to work. So my friend Rob's in town. Can you just like babysit him, show him a good time? I gotta go." And then Matt just looks at Billy like dumbfounded, and is like. Billy, like, I don't have a job. Yeah, like, I have I to go at back a hospital. to work,
0: too. I work at a hospital, like, right?
1: think, Billy. And he's like, come on, man. you would really be doing me a favor. And then Matt's like, all right, it's the day before your wedding, of course. Like, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll show him around. I'll, like,
0: entertain yeah. him
1: while he's in town.
0: And also, during this scene, Billy has to have a conversation with Jake that doesn't need to be had. Where he's like... Hey, uh I know you saw Rob over there. I know we got in a fight, so he's gonna be the best man. Like,
1: Billy, remember when you asked Jake to be your best man, his response was a swift punch in the face.
0: <laughs> like,
1: I think that was a no.
0: Yeah, that was a hard no. Yeah. And, um and there's been no confusion after that. Yeah. I think Jake is well aware he's totally not the best man. doesn't
1: want to be the best man. Probably doesn't want to be in your wedding. No, no. But just feels like obligated because you have no friends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> next next up is Chaz for best man.
1: Oh, God. So we cut over to the hospital where Kimberly and Dr. Levin are speaking in private. Oh,
0: what did I say? About after what? After... Uh, Billy was like, "Will you hang out with Rob?"
1: Oh, you, di- you call. We'll we'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to that. But you did call it.
0: All right. So Kimberly and Levin are talking at the hospital about Michael and how he's suffering from depression.
1: So ever since Michael has been demoted from being chief resident. Kimberly says that he is just in a downward spiral of depression, drinking and crying all the time. He's taking pills again, and now he's talking of suicide.
0: And Kimberly suggests to Levin, can you please just like make psychological counseling a part of his uh, tenure?
1: And that's really smart because she's establishing now that he has some sort of issues and he's going back on the drugs and the painkillers which there has already been documentation of this before yeah and now if he has to go see a psychotherapist about what's going on in his life, it's only ammunition about yeah. why like that could explain away this death
0: Would this be called like creating motive?
1: No, it's not creating motive. So a
0: motive is what? Reason for death?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's your motivation for wanting to commit a murder on somebody. This is just like she's cooperating. She's erasing
0: her motive.
1: Right. So now it's like she's trying to create a narrative that like, oh, he wanted to kill himself. Look at this. and mm-hmm. And creating documentation to back it up.
0: Right. So let's go to shooters, guys. We're here with matt and rob
1: right and rob is talking to matt about what it was like to live with billy they we find out that freshman year they were thrown together as roommates and they were total slobs they kept their dorm were really messy and right. the only criteria of getting girlfriends is if they'd clean their room or not
0: fucking pathetic guys <laughs>
1: If I dated a guy in college that was like, clean my room, I would be like, you're out. No.
0: Ladies, you want to hang out? Why don't you come up to uh, B405 and clean it?
1: (laughs) Like, what is wrong with you guys?
0: Oh, Jesus. And then, like, Matt is so much more comfortable, like, hitting on dudes now. It used to be very quirky and awkward, like, oh, hello. Hi. Uh, Yeah. Um, So do you like... um, I gotta go. (laughs) uh, Well, Matt... I'll I'll see you you tomorrow. Matt
1: has gotten a few relationships under his belt. Yeah. He, you know, he's getting a little bit more into the dating game. And so he's kind of grilling Rob about Billy asking, was he serious about anybody? And again... Donna Fleming is brought up again. Yeah. That, yeah, he did love someone named Donna. Maybe
0: Donna's coming up.
1: Uh, I, that's in my predictions. Ah. Um That, like... Billy was really hung up on her. Anytime Billy met a new girl, that was his soulmate. He fell really hard. And Donna was really like the last one. But, you know, they broke up. And now that he's got Allison, he seems really happy. And then that prompts Matt to ask, well, were you ever serious about anybody? And, and he's
0: like, what do you mean? Dudes or chicks. <laughs> and Rob's like, how about a little bit of both? And Matt's like, fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and then like Matt seems pleased with this answer. And Rub responds with, well, I kind of figured out I'm gay, if that's what you're asking. And then Matt's, Matt's just like, great, me too.
0: No, I thought Matt was like, yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> no, he just says, great, me too. I know you're gay. He didn't say I know. That's
0: why I'm here, bro. <laughs>
1: No, it just seems like, whoa, this task of having to babysit this dude is now turning into a nice little uh, opportunity for me. Maybe yeah. we could, like, you know,
0: have I will, some fun. I'll say that Matt, Matt, uh, he, he like, uses the most of his scenes, you know?
1: You know, I, He makes
0: the most of them.
1: Matt is, he, it's so sad because he's a character that's just, we don't see a lot of, but I think... Doug Savant is just such a sweet person, and it just really comes through, Matt, and it's like you want to know more about him. Yeah. Next up, we're with Allison and Billy, and Allison is getting kind of nervous that she's the star witness for the prosecution and Amanda's hearing with the sexual harassment case.
0: Right, and she's finally... Sort of giving it to Billy here.
1: Yeah, it's funny because she's like, man, I should have never gotten myself into this. And then she starts thinking and realizes, I didn't get myself into this.
0: My shithole boyfriend did. (laughs) Billy,
1: it's because you blurted out to, when Jake was in the room, about the whole Amanda and Chaz thing, then I had to own up to it. And then that prompted him to run up to Amanda and tell him that I said it. And now... This has all resulted in this huge lawsuit, and it's all because of you, Billy.
0: And Billy offers little to no (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I'm just going to keep doing that dishes then. Bye. (laughs) So he's still doing the dishes, and then we see, uh, oh, they're like, well, they're like, where's Matt and Rob? I thought they were going to be back for dinner. And it's yeah. past And dinner. they
1: haven't returned yet. So we go to the courtyard of Melrose Place where Matt is walking Rob back to Billy's place. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of saying their goodbyes, just kind of, you know, going over the night. They had a really good time together. And then Matt's like, well, see you tomorrow. And they go in for a handshake.
0: Well, f- and first they, they discuss about not telling Billy. Like now's not the time.
1: To tell Billy that Rob is gay. Right. Billy's getting married the next day. It's a pretty heavy thing to lay on him. But it's like, is it? It's like Rob's life. Why? Like, why does should Billy care? But maybe, I get it. Maybe you
0: it could be seen as like trying to... Seal
1: your thunder yeah. of your day. Like, this is a big announcement to make to your friend. So, okay, they're not going to say anything. And um, they go in for a handshake for the evening. But Matt... Is uh Matt Matt's Matt, a little sneaky. He doesn't want to end with a handshake.
0: Matt holds this handshake far too long and like awkwardly sort of like grasps it in.
1: Well, Dan, maybe it seemed like it was too long because for some weird reason they use slow-mo for this part. Yeah, and Matt to, like, like yeah, Matt like starts leaning in for a kiss. And then Rob comes in to reciprocate. But before they're even like even like close to touching each other's lips, we cut away to Billy watching this transpire from his window. And then we see Billy's reaction. And then we cut back to Rob and Matt, then like kind of backing away from post, one another.
0: Post makeout.
1: Yeah. And it's just kind of like, really? Dude, who cares? We can't see a, a same sex kiss.
0: Yeah, come on.
1: I mean, I know this was 94,
0: but. Get some balls.
1: I don't know. It just, it it seemed weird. And the way that they like had the slow mo It was like, what?
0: They should have done it.
1: They were just kissing. <laughs> so anyway. And
0: Billy's in the kitchen. He goes, oh my God.
1: Billy is such a freak.
0: Oh my god.
1: Okay. Um. So
0: Jane and and uh, Mister Retailer are walking on the boat dock, and they make out. Okay. Next scene. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> um. Next scene. Amanda's beaten down. She's coming home from work. She's entering the courtyard of Melrose Place. About to go up to her apartment. But then Jake is sitting there by the pool waiting to talk to her.
0: Very stalkerish. ish kind Yeah, of like, hey, we need to talk. We need to talk. And Jake says that he and Amanda need space.
1: And Amanda almost looks like on the verge of tears. And she's like, Jake, look, I don't need space right now. I need someone who's going to be there for me and someone who's going to support me. Are you going to be there for me? And he comes over and starts hugging her. And then it's like, okay, we know where this is going. like,
0: please, will you you believe in me? And also fuck me right now.
1: (laughs) So the next scene, we cut over to Allison and she's in her room alone. And we know where this is going. Anytime we see a shot of Allison laying in her bed without Billy there, it means one thing. And that's a childhood nightmare.
0: Yeah, go back to black, white, gray, and grainy. As she's walking up the steps.
1: As a child saying, Mommy, please help.
0: And then, like, she drops her doll, and the doll's eyes are closed. But then, when it hits the floor, the eyes pop wide open. So
1: Allison, like, sits up in bed and is screaming, Mom, Mom. And within. Um, maybe a second and a half. Both of her parents are running into her room with Billy hot on their heels. Allison, oh, what's wrong? It's like,
0: and then, like, she's in full embrace with her mother. She's a grown woman, full embrace with her mother on the bed. And then, like, the dad is in there. It's like, you all right, sweetie? (laughs) And Billy's like, hey, everything, everything okay in here? And Allison's like, Yeah, don't worry. I'm good. I'm just going to keep hugging my mom, though, so you can kind of go. And
1: this is the night before their wedding? Or no, it's the two days before their wedding. Two days
0: before, yeah. It's
1: just very strange. So we end that scene, and it's the next morning, and we go right back to Amanda's apartment where Shocker... Both Jake and Amanda are naked in bed together.
0: How did this happen?
1: Implying that they've had sex, which of course they Of course
0: they, they did. did. How did this happen? We thought this was done. Amanda walks up and says she needs someone to believe in her. And you take that to mean you want to put her, your thing in her? Come I on. I
1: don't get it. And and is all grateful that they got back together and she acknowledges that Jake might have feelings for Joe, but he, she thinks that they're misplaced that, you know, this is his close friend and she's going through so much and he wants to be there for her. And maybe that he's confusing those feelings for love, but she seems to think that she and Jake have something a lot deeper than that.
0: What the hell happened we need space. Ugh. And he says, I'll be there for you, Amanda. I promise. (laughs) Come on. He's
1: talking out both sides of his mouth now to both of these women. And it's not fair.
0: He's doing exactly what Joe was afraid he would do. Yeah. And we all knew he was going to do it.
1: Um, so Billy and Allison are leaving for the day and Billy's kind of check it in with her. Are you okay? You know, this now is the day before their wedding. And he's like, everything okay with last night? And she's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to just like go to this deposition. I'm going to like plead this whole thing out for Amanda. And then I'm just going to focus on getting married to you.
0: And you had to remind me at this moment that old faithful's back.
1: Oh. It? Yep.
0: When you need some comfort the day before your wedding, you got to break out your old school, comfy ass, old faithful blue robe with the ducks on stars on the back.
1: You got to get it back into play. So, Billy leaves for work. He's got to work a little bit the day before his wedding. And on the way out, he sees Matt. And he awkwardly approaches Matt and is like, Oh, well, uh, Matt, um, I saw you and, and, uh, and Rob together last night, and...
0: Oh, I know, I know you're gay.
1: <laughs> and you were with my best man, and you were, well, you see, I saw you, um... I
0: saw your lips touch each other's <laughs> lips.
1: Uh, so you were, yeah, and then Matt has to finish the sentence, like, we were kissing, and Billy's like, yeah. Um, huh, that's right. I'm okay with it, though. Um, it's okay with me, but, you know... So, do you think
0: he's confused, Man,
1: I know Rob really well, and, you know, you guys had a couple drinks, you really hit it off, he felt comfortable with you, and maybe he's experimenting. He's confused.
0: Matt's like, look, bruh, whatever it is, he's not experimenting, and maybe just talk to him about it. Yeah. So... See you later. Later. Later, guy. And Billy's like, okay, well, I'm late for work. Bye.
1: (laughs) So next up, we are at the deposition, the hearing for Amanda's freedom.
0: Chaz is on the stand lying his motherfucking ass off. Yeah. Saying, you know. Saying some hurtful shit. He He said that Amanda pulled him into the room and was like, Time to pay the piper. <laughs> and he had to pull down his pants and she made him do it to her.
1: And then if she, if he didn't, he would be fired on the spot. Chaz. So he says.
0: Chaz. He, Come he, on, bro.
1: He says that he goes to Amanda after the incident occurred and says how uncomfortable he felt about it. And then that prompted her to fire him. mm Likely story. Okay, any damn sense. But everyone's eating it up. They're like, "Yeah, that sounds like Amanda." Like they're all there, like in agreement that, "Yep, seems like she's taking advantage of this guy."
0: Here's the question, though: If you, all right, let's say Chaz did have sex with her, okay? Let's say he did do it, and she forced him to. After doing it once, then you would. Then the next time you say no. And then you get fired, but you already did it. he
1: said that he went to her and told her how uncomfortable he felt and that he doesn't want it to happen again.
0: Uh.
1: Now, Amanda gets on the stand following him and completely contradicts everything that he says and tries to turn the tables on him to say, no, it was actually he was coming on to me. He practically begged for the job. The reason I didn't report his advances toward me is because he's engaged to my mom. I thought it would get messy and I figured firing him would be the best option.
0: Right. So now we head to the beach house. Kimberly and Michael, of course, they just finished doing it.
1: They're always just like having sex. Always all the time.
0: getting it. Always getting it. Um Michael has to go meet with Jane, but Kimberly asks like, hey, you want to have a beer before you go? And he's like, yeah, as long as you get it.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I was going to do, darling. So she goes into the kitchen, gets these two Coors lights out of the fridge. Silver bullets. Tap the rocks. And oh, we see that she takes out this like eyedropper of medication. We don't know what it is. But she takes like a big old squirt of it and puts it right into Michael's beer.
0: Then she cheers both herself.
1: bottles. She's like, Aha, putting the murderous plan into action.
0: Yeah. And she walks back into the room, hands it off to Michael. And we, we, we leave them there. We head back to the hearing.
1: Where the star witness is ready to testify. Allison Parker.
0: <laughs> Wearing all white because she is pure and innocent.
1: And ready to get married the very next day. Right. So they start cross-examining her and they're like, well, you work for um, Amanda Woodward. Would you say that she is a fair boss? Sometimes. Uh, Maybe, I guess. Well, we have these allegations of sexual assault. Did you see anything? I did. Uh, Can you please describe to the room exactly what you saw, Miss Parker?
0: Um, I saw them kissing.
1: Um, now, what did Chaz tell you about the kiss?
0: He said that after it, they (laughs) made love.
1: (laughs) Of course I didn't see this part. Well, Miss Parker, even if you didn't see it, what is your opinion on the matter? Do you think they had sex?
0: It is probable that they made love. It's like,
1: if that's not a fact, why do you want her opinion on whether or not she thinks they did?
0: She basically was like, yeah, maybe. I saw them kiss.
1: And here was the opportunity. So if
0: you see anyone kiss, you could think that they probably had sex but
1: you know what though <laughs> i mean okay she's between a rock and a hard place because of course i don't think she wants to betray amanda like she doesn't she's not out for bad blood with amanda she just doesn't want to lie under oath so why not tell the whole story and yeah. this would discredit everything chaz is saying and
0: also how chaz cornered you
1: yeah and it's like you're gonna do all my work for me I'm not doing anything. I'm going to like basically just join the boys club here and play poker and do what I want to do and then say I went to go confront Amanda about how Chaz was treating me and when I did so, I saw them kissing. Chaz made eye contact with me and And gave me a very weird smirk and shut the blinds. That right there is like... Wow, you have a witness saying that, like, if someone's being, like you said in the last episode, if someone is being coerced into doing sexual favors that they don't want to, and they see a third party looking on, that is your opportunity to, like, get help. Yeah, but she doesn't. She doesn't say it. She doesn't say anything about this, and we can see Amanda's reaction to her statement. Oh,
0: she's sending her dagger. Yeah, like
1: oh, bitch, you did not.
0: She is so angry. So angry.
1: We now head back over to the beach house where Kimberly has beckoned Sydney, And now they're trying to figure out what to do with Michael. He is passed out on the bed.
0: Fully sedated.
1: So we learn that the eyedrapper stuff that was put into his beer was a sedative.
0: Just knocks you out.
1: Now, this is Dr. Kimberly Shaw's big plan. They are going to drag his body into the car which he's alive he's just sedated and they're gonna turn the car on and have carbon monoxide poisoning do the deed Mm -hmm. so they
0: sydney starts catching feelings she's like oh he looks so innocent here and kimberly reminds him stop it you're looking at human garbage
1: (laughs) i freaking love kimberly so much
0: you're looking at human garbage (laughs) who i have sex with Every single like every
1: day. Every day, multiple times a day. Yeah, so, but
0: he's garbage.
1: Kimberly's like, I'm going to go down, take a walk. Gonna go. I'm going to go to Malibu Cantina. I'm going to establish my alibi. I'm going to come back and find him. This should do the deed in about three hours. You're going to drive to Palm Springs. Here's some cash. You rent a motel. You clear your head make, make sure, sure people, people see you. you.
0: Yep. Um, and now we go to Mancini Designs. Michael, of course, is late because he is being murdered at the moment in the garage. (laughs) Now,
1: Jane takes this as an affront to her and her business. It's like, you know what? I'm sick of Michael acting this way. Yeah,
0: she's freaking out.
1: If he's not coming to me, I'm going to him. Because I guess the retailer and Jane were going to have a meeting with Michael to explain what the details would be for this whole acquiring of a piece of their company. Right.
0: So... Jane and um and retail boy head over there and of course they find him in the garage they open the door smoke is pouring out they're coughing and they see Michael and of course they do the the humanly uh the, the uh, an initial human response which is help and they get him out of the car mm-hmm. Jane starts her performing mouth to mouth resuscitation on him CPR and Michael comes too. Yay. He's not going to die.
1: And I love it. He looks up and he's like, Jane, that was one hell of a kiss.
0: And she just slaps his <laughs> hand away. Like, <laughs> fuck you, goddammit. So, damn
1: it. Uh, Kimberly and Sydney's plan is foiled.
0: Foiled.
1: Mancini makes it.
0: Now, we go back to Melrose Place. We're at the courtyard. There's a ton of folks working.
1: Day of the wedding. Day of. And they're building like a makeshift floor over the pool, which I would be a little suspect of this. I mean, how are they constructing it?
0: Everything's happening so quick. They're
1: really like outfitting the whole courtyard to be able to accommodate this wedding. And all of the tenants of Melrose Place are getting woken up. What's going on out here? Well, guys... You're all invited to the wedding today. Yeah, you didn't know where it was? Dan, you made a really great point. Everyone's like, what's happening out here? Well, you got an invitation. The wedding's gonna be at Melrose Place today. Yeah,
0: Joe, you're a bridesmaid. (laughs) Why are you like... Allison, Amanda, so were you up until yesterday. You
1: were. So Amanda comes like charging down the stairs. What's happening here?
0: And she gets into a little... Tat tick with uh with uh Mr. Parker and he's yeah. like, My daughter's getting married and this pool is getting covered, you see?
1: And Al and Amanda's like, nothing was ever cleared with me about what was gonna happen here. You gotta
0: clear that sort of it's stuff. Like,
1: what is wrong with Billy and Allison that they didn't like think this through? to get this approved by Amanda at the very least. They
0: are stupid. And
1: like you said, Amanda, if she was part of the bridal party, she'd be privy to some of this information. Yeah. It's so crazy.
0: You work with or you work with her every single day. Why wouldn't y'all at least talk about the wedding?
1: Yeah. So but
0: Jake is seen putting his shirt on with Amanda and Joe sees this and is a little ticked off
1: yeah so she's not happy and she's just kind of like great i knew it and she retreats back to her place and um uh, allison is out in the courtyard and kind of overhears this whole hubbub with her dad and amanda and she talks to amanda about it and uh, amanda shows her a little bit of compassion and says well i'm not a complete witch i'll let you get married today but like don't think I'm not going to like let this go for what happened yesterday after you threw me under the bus at the hearing.
0: Oh, thank you, Amanda. Thank you so much. We're back at the beach house. Michael has a massive headache from the night before, and he needs a ton of aspirin because he's been breathing in carbon monoxide for probably two and a half hours last night. And Kimberly is playing the doting wife, like trying to just give him whatever he wants. And he's trying to piece together the night. Like, what happened? How did I get to the car? Where was I going? What's going on? And um, he, he just doesn't really understand what what went down, how he almost died.
1: So Kimberly, of course, is just like, oh, you poor baby. I don't know. I mean, we, were, we had a beer. I left to go to the Malibu Cantina. I walked down to get dinner. You said you were going to meet Jane. And the next thing I know, I come back and your head's in Jane's lap. And she's the, basically pulled you out of your car. I don't right. know what happened.
0: And he just sort of shrugs like, well, oh, well, glad I'm alive.
1: And she makes a <laughs> funny joke where she's like, well, I'm glad you weren't driving. I mean, you could have rolled down another hill and who knows what would have happened to you then. Mm. Where it's kind of like, you know.
0: Remember, you almost killed me, <laughs> asshole. What's your deal?
1: We now cut to Allison and Billy. It's their wedding day and they're kind of having one last chat before they walk down the aisle. Billy's does, in a suit.
0: Does anyone say this? Like. Allison says, one last chance to walk away, Billy. Like, who gives <laughs> you was, that opportunity? She
1: was joking. And she's like, we're getting married today, honey. And maybe it's funny that she says that when we know what happens after this. Right. Um, but, you know, they're they're like lovey-dovey. He says that he feels like he lived his whole life just to marry her today. And um, they're very excited about their nuptials and He goes off to find his best man Rob, while she goes to you know get dressed and get gorgeous for a day.
0: Now Billy confronts Rob about what he saw the other night, and Billy he's like talking to Rob. He's like, "Did, were so, you're you kissed Matt? Are 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 you are you gay?"
1: Rob immediately thinks Matt's told Billy and is like, oh, great, Matt told you. Oh, no, no, I I saw you together. So uh, what do you think? Are you gay? And Rob says, yes, I I am gay.
0: And then Billy fucking makes it about him. He's like, how could you keep a secret like that from me? (laughs) Fuck you, man. Billy! No one's got to just come out to you, you know?
1: Yeah, and like we were watching this like... Oh my, Billy, you are so self-centered.
0: And he's like, "Were you ever attracted to me?" Of course, that's like oh, yeah. uh,
1: just because you're the same sex doesn't like no one's attracted to you, Billy.
0: And once he say, he was like, "No. I wanted someone <laughs> He
1: immediately a, was like, "No."
0: No. I want someone a little more stable. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz you're a fucking train wreck, Billy. <laughs> Everyone knows it.
1: Oh, anyways. Um, so we now are with Joe and Jake. Joe knocks on Jake's door just to make clear the air, make sure that they are on the same page. Joe, tells Jake that she feels as though maybe some of her feelings got mixed up with feelings of before, that she's so grateful to Jake for everything that he's done. And maybe this, this feeling of gratitude was mistaken for feelings of love. And no matter what happens, she just wants to be Jake's friend. She's not trying to get in and out of this like triangle with Amanda. That's it. She's got way too many things happening in her life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: she's She's like, I'm having a baby. I can't be messing around with Amanda. She's liable to punch me in the stomach or something. <laughs> Who knows about that crazy bitch? Yeah. I totally get it. She's oh, like, I hear She's like, let me just take a step back and just cut my losses.
1: We are now in Allison's bedroom, which is acting as her ready room. Oh, God. She's dressed in her wedding dress and veil. Dan, I know that you weren't really feeling her look, but I have no. to say, I feel like she looked really beautiful.
0: It's just no. It's a no for me.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> you've got to take into account the style of the 90s. And I think that she looks real. I, I really think that this is the best version of Allison.
0: Those bangs, though. I
1: love them. Like
0: peeking through the veil. Oh,
1: Ugh. I love the bangs. Yucky. Very
0: 95. mm So Allison, Jane, and Joe, they have an embrace like, I can't believe I'm doing it. I'm getting married.
1: Joe has her something borrowed, which is a charm bracelet from sixth grade. Kind of weird. And then Jane remembers she has something blue. So she runs out of Allison's apartment to go retrieve it from her apartment. But on the way, she's stopped by Michael and Kimberly.
0: Oh, yeah. They show up at Melrose Place. Michael says, hey, guess what? I'm not signing those papers. <laughs> oh, Period. thanks for
1: saving my life and everything yesterday, but I'm still not signing those papers.
0: Yeah. Why? And why wouldn't he? Just because he knows she wants to. I don't know. It affects his money.
1: Yeah. He's stupid. He His reasoning is he wants to keep this as a small business and he doesn't want Jane to get too big for her britches. Mm-hmm. So stupid. That's
0: weird. And these are all just like really mini encounters because everyone's in the same spot. So this is it gets so jumpy. We're just going from one conversation to another, to another, to oh, another. Oh, Yeah. It's, this was this was the overwhelming part of the show for me. Yeah, we're just where I was kept. Like, Fuck, man. Yeah,
1: more and more plot lines kept like building on one another. So of course, Jane is really disappointed to hear this she runs back over to Allison's place with her something blue and then the dad comes in and he wants to have a word with his little girl
0: yeah but Billy wants to see Allison and the parents are like no you can't go see her and then the mom's like I'll go talk to her and and the wedding is supposed to happen like now yeah it's supposed to happen now yeah Sydney shows up she sees that Michael's not dead. Oh, yeah. And is like, oh,
1: what the fuck?
0: And then Kimberly is like, I'll go talk to her. Yeah. It, right in front of Michael. Like,
1: Well, no, she, she plays it off saying, oh, that little nutcase is liable to cause a scene. Somebody's got to put her uh, in her place. Hold on, Michael. Let me take care of this. Yeah. So
0: Kimberly runs over to her, tells her to just go to shooters and, and take it easy and she'll take care of everything.
1: Okay, so we're back to Allison's little ready room, which is her bedroom, and then that's when her dad says, may I have a word with my little girl? Ew. So.
0: Such a creep.
1: Oh, he really is. So he goes into her room, and she's radiant as ever, ready ready to walk down the aisle, and he's like, well, look at you, my favorite daughter, ready to get married. Oh, Allison, I'm so proud of you, and you are just so good gorgeous and she starts crying and And
0: they hug and he says shh don't cry
1: don't cry shh don't cry now say shh
0: and then this is like trigger this triggers allison to go back to her childhood and she starts finally piecing together that bleeding doll the train the door slam the weird nightgown from from a uh, little home on the prairie from days. a christmas carol <laughs> Frickin' like, just everything, just, it all makes sense now.
1: And this was weird for me, because this happened so quickly, so she backs away, mortified, and he's like, oh, wow, Wilson, what's the matter? Is there something wrong?
0: And my note here is, yuck.
1: And she immediately is like, you, you, you touched me, you molested me.
0: She's like, all this time, I thought I was crazy, you're a monster.
1: And this happened really quickly, I don't, and... I don't know about you, but if some revelation like that came to me, especially in such a high stress time, where like Mo, I was supposed to be walking down the aisle five minutes ago. I would have just like played. Everything was cool. Got married talk to my husband about everything, and then disown my father. But she decides to take it a whole other direction where she's just accusing him of like, you did it, you touched me, you did this to me, oh God.
0: He fucking snatches her up, puts his hand over her mouth, and he's like, it never happened, it never happened. You hear me? You hear me? It never happened fucking happen
1: and then he says you say anything to anybody and i'll kill you you hear me you see? i'll, I'll kill, kill ya. you and she's like uh-huh and she's just trying to be complicit in the moment like i hear you everything will be fine so oh my god he leaves Did her you
0: imagine on your wedding day somebody Did, saying that shit. oh my god
1: i would like Ugh. Well, there were so many people surrounding me. There wouldn't ever be an opportunity for that to happen. And if I just started crying, like there would be somebody right there to help. But Allison doesn't have that support system. No. So she, like we know she's in a bad place it's getting later. The guests are getting restless. Amanda keeps complaining that she has a meeting and she has to go. And this is so rude of Allison to be taking so long. Yeah,
0: these are shots of like the outside of Melrose Place. They have a harp going, a full harp. You know,
1: for an attendance of about 14 people that are there to actually watch them get married, um, if you look at it, they it's only set for about 25 people to be watching. Not to say you have to have like you know, a huge grand wedding in order to make it special or, or like good, but they only have like literally 15 people there. Yeah, it's small. And
0: Allison's dad's like, no one go in there. She's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Everyone's <laughs> like, we'd like to check on Allison.
0: I forbid it.
1: Give her a minute. Give her a minute. She's fine. And so finally, um, Jane kind of like sneaks past him and runs into the bedroom only to find Allison's wedding dress is laid out on the bed and her windows are open and there's no sign of her anywhere. She gone. She gone. She gone, girl.
0: The wedding is off.
1: Yeah. So Jane, of course, is shocked to see this. She tries to get reinforcements. Billy comes in and he's just like beside himself.
0: He had like if you went to a dictionary and looked up conniption, that's what Billy has. Right. Here. Now, he, like kicks a door backwards <laughs> like.
1: <laughs> Allison had enough um, forethought to leave a note that reads, Billy, I'm sorry, I just can't not you love allison
0: and he's like if it's not me then who
1: what's wrong with this girl who is it
0: um so jake is the one not the best man but jake (laughs) is the one to announce that the bride is not feeling well and the wedding will have to be postponed and the only person who reacts is Mancini. <laughs> like
1: for some reason, he wants to know the dirt. So he's he approaches like, He's Jake. like all
0: happy and smiling. He's like, hey. So uh, what's really going what, on? What's going on? You here? know,
1: I'm a doctor. Yeah. I can help.
0: Hey, I'm a doctor. I can help her if something's really wrong. But what? She get cold feet.
1: Now, this conversation gives Kimberly the opportunity to then sneak over to Jane Mancini's apartment well, or Jane's apartment, mm-hmm. where right on the inside of her door, she has all of her keys hanging and she grabs a set of keys and she says under her breath. Thank you, Jane. Thanks, Jane. Oh, and yeah. then she joins Michael back in the courtyard with everybody else. We now go to her mother's home, That's right. which is a very nice property that looks like it's somewhere in like Beverly Hills.
0: And Chaz says the most immature <laughs> shit ever. She's walking up to him, and he's like reading this paper, and he's like, "Well, well, well, if it isn't the loser of the week." <laughs>
1: And he's like, come here to just like beg for forgiveness for everything that's going on. And Amanda's like, look, I have an appointment with my mother. I'd like to see her. Oh, I'm sorry. I advised Hillary on all of her appointments. And I thought that this was one that she probably shouldn't keep. She's not here. Sorry.
0: We canceled that.
1: Yeah. So... He's then taunting Amanda, saying, like, and she wants to have answers like, "Why are you doing this to me? What's your end game?" And he's asking if she's wearing a wire. And he's like, "Let me pat you down and is still like sexually harassing her.. Yeah. And he starts laying out his little plan of why he's doing what he's doing. And coincidentally, at the same time, that's when Hillary and her top model, Terry, come back from like grocery shopping or something.
0: So Chaz is basically like, look, I do this all the time. I'm going to get my money, get my money from this thing, and then I'm going to find some bitch my own age.
1: Too bad you weren't that receptive because I think we could have made a good couple. And Hillary walks into the kitchen and it just so happens that Chaz has left the door open to the porch. Cause this whole scene is happening on like an outside porch yeah. and she can hear this this conversation perfectly mm-hmm. for some reason, Chaz and Amanda have no idea that Hillary's back. And the whole time, Amanda is totally like sticking up for her mom. Like I won't let you do this to my mother or to me. This is despicable and he keeps saying, I'm gonna get your mother for all she's worth and collect on this lawsuit, then I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna leave her and you in the dust.
0: Yep. And you're gonna get got now, Chaz. So
1: you think Hillary's gonna like have this big like dramatic scene where she confronts him. Um, uh, but no, we cut to another scene. Because this is going to come back.
0: Allison is headed to San Francisco. Yeah.
1: So we see all of these exterior shots establishing that we're in the Bay Area. And I don't know how, but she's tracked down her sister. Yeah.
0: I'm assuming from the letter.
1: Yeah. I guess she has to have her. From the regret. She's got to have her address to to send the invitation.
0: Yeah. So she gets to, to her sister's house. And her sister's like surprised to see her. She hugs her. Sister is played by Tracy Nelson. She's known for uh, Dumb Luck and The Night Caller. Um, and she's just shocked to see her, basically.
1: We then cut over to Jane's apartment where she has realized that her car has been stolen.
0: And she's filing a report with the cops that her car is missing. She doesn't know what's going on. And she, they, the first inkling is that maybe Allison took it. Um, but everyone is still sort of just waiting around, looking for Allison... Yeah, it's Uh, now
1: the next day. They don't know where she is. There's no trace of her anywhere. Billy keeps kind of going over the day in his head, and he's then talking to Allison's parents, and he's very accusatory toward her dad, and is like, you were the last person in the room with her. What did you say? What did she say to you? And then her dad flips it back on Billy and is like, well, Billy, she was going to marry you. What did you do? What did you say?
0: Yeah, normally... It's the groom who's like run away from.
1: (laughs) So um, Billy says that he's got to go down to the police station to provide a photograph of Allison. So they can kind of like keep it on the back burner because, of course, they probably had some stupid law that's like, we can't look into missing persons until they've been gone for 48 48 hours hours or something dumb.
0: Now, swing over to Sam, Fran. Allison and her sister are just like figuring it out that their dad hurt them, and like they're trying to like. Well, Allison's trying to figure out like what what the next steps are, and now let's go over to the hearing. Gosh, this was such a bouncy. I mean, it's like it's cut really after hard cut to after even cut. podcast about so it. So
1: the next scene, we're back at um,
0: the hearing. The hearing's about to end. And the the judge or whatever is about to make his ruling. But all of a sudden, Hillary steps up. And she's like, I would like to add.
1: And Dan, before this happens, the judge does kind of give us a little indication about how he's going to rule. He says that he feels that the testimony brought forth by Chaz is the most um, truthful testimony. So mm. it really seems like he's going to rule in Chaz's favor. Right.
0: And so Hillary wants to throw a freaking monkey wrench into this, so she would like to add to uh to the defense, and this is a big shocking. Everyone's thing.
1: like, "Oh, the defense, what?
0: Yeah." so and she doesn't really say anything. She's just like, I overheard a conversation of jazz being very mean.
1: And he was basically taunting my daughter. He lied, he made it all up, and then everybody in this like... Courtroom like, can or whatever, couldn't you
0: just pay someone to come in off the street and just be like, Oh, yeah, that guy Chaz, he's a liar. This
1: whole hearing, <laughs> quote unquote, is just so stupid, fucking weak. And everyone's like, Whoa, okay, so then it's like insinuated yeah, that, who's like, who's
0: the audience?
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, who are these people <laughs> there? Here? Well, based on this, it seems like we're gonna rule the other way, and that's yeah. not like. Like, we're not given that confirmation that that's going to be how it's going to pan out. But so it's is, like...
0: It's literally like, all right, find one person who doesn't like Chaz and have him say something. Yeah. And there you go.
1: Okay, So next up, we're back to Allison's sisters. They're still continuing this conversation. Her sister, Meredith, tells Allison that she can't hide here and suggests that she should probably call Billy and tell him where she is, which, yeah, you probably should have called Billy like that day, but it's the next day. Allison says, no, I'm not talking to Billy until we have a chance to confront dad about what he's done to us. Right. And Meredith is not down for this plan.
0: Dude, you cannot force people to like...
1: Confront their abusers yeah, when like, they're not ready.
0: You got to let them come to it on their own.
1: And like in... I, I mean, how destructive could that be to somebody? I mean, that is a crazy traumatic series of events that she's gone through. Yeah. And she's trying to run away from it and get as far away as his family as she can. And maybe even seeing Allison could be like detrimental to her whole mental health.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, at this hearing, <laughs> it, it appears as though Chaz has lost. Hillary has buried Chaz. Chaz like grabs Hillary and he's like, How could you do this, you crazy bitch? We could have been millionaires. <laughs> and I don't I, like Hillary is just like whatever Chaz it's dunsky we're 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 done here and amanda, amanda i'm sorry Hillary wants to make amends with Amanda, and they're like Amanda's getting on this elevator, and for whatever reason, this elevator does not close for a three minute conversation <laughs> about their relationship, and even after Hillary like swings the 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 defense into Amanda's favor. Uh, Amanda is still unforgiving and still unwilling to uh, salvage any sort of a relationship with her mom.
1: She says that she's nice. It's nice to know that her mother came through for her, but it's too little too late. Yeah. Now, getting back to Allison and her sister, Allison continues to try to... Persuade Meredith into confronting her dad, and she's like, No, I just can't. I'm not ready. I'm not gonna, I'm not doing anything. And Allison's like, You're just afraid. Let me help you. And during this conversation, we look pan out to the window and oh, we God. see their dad just standing in the front lawn looking menacingly into the window at them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How this did he is get creepy how did, he how did he get, get there? there
1: how did he get away from the wife how did he get her address they like if you'll remember they had no idea where the other daughter was i'll kill you yeah it's like and this guy is out for blood
0: yeah it's bad so now here's the meat and <laughs> potatoes this this i think this was okay here is the meat and potatoes We're at the hospital. Yeah. Um, there is uh, an assistant comes up and says, Hey, Michael, Jane is outside. She wants to talk to you.
1: She's in front of the coffee shop. She said it is a matter of life or death. You need to get over there right now and talk to her.
0: So Michael is like, well.
1: Life or death. Okay. Well, this right. is weird.
0: So he walks outside. He's in the middle of the street, and this car—I think it's a Volkswagen.
1: It's Jane's car, and it Jane's comes car. barreling down the road at high speeds. We see a woman that looks very much like Jane behind mm-hmm. the driver's seat, uh, on in the driver's seat and this car strikes Michael Mancini in the middle of the road
0: just plows him
1: right and it's like does not slow down does not stop michael is left for dead in the street
0: he gets put on a stretcher they is he is right back to square one basically
1: and immediately we cut over to jane mancini designs and the police are there <laughs> to arrest her on yeah. a hit and run Somehow, somebody got the license plate.
0: Yeah, and Jane's like, what do you mean? I reported my car stolen the other day.
1: And the police officers are like, well, miss, you mean this car? And they point outside uh, out of the window, and then Jane looks down, and sure enough, that's her little Volkswagen Cabriolet sitting there all mangled, looking like it's just been in a traumatic accident.
0: So we they slap the cuffs on her and they roll the credits. Oh,
1: but not before Jane looks into like the camera and is like, "No, somebody's trying to set me up." Yep. And then that's when the credits
0: they go. They roll the credits and those that's the cliffhanger. Like the season finale is we have no we don't know what's going on with Allison. Well, we know she's about to get murdered by her dad. <laughs> And we know the wedding didn't happen. And we know that Michael might be dead.
1: Yeah. So and many. And going to jail. Crazy events. So I let's got, recap.
0: Yeah, I didn't even attempt to write a recap. Jenny, you're a better person than me. It's
1: just so much. So let's go through it. Jake sleeps with Amanda and ruins his chances with Joe. Matt makes out with Billy's best man. Sydney is beaten on the street and pulled into Michael's murder plot by Kimberly. <laughs> Jane gets a business proposition by an Australian department store owner. Allison gives damning testimony at Amanda's hearing. Kimberly and Sydney attempt to kill Michael, only to have him revived by Jane. Allison remembers being molested and runs out on her own wedding day. Hillary overhears Chaz's plans to lie and reverses the decision. Allison finds her sister in San Francisco and confirms molestation. Michael is is run over in Jane's car by somebody who looks oddly like Jane, and Jane is arrested for a hit and run. Woo!
0: Well done. Woo! That is a feat in itself.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I think I may have even forgotten to mention that Chaz <laughs> I I mentioned that they reversed the decision and that about the testimony uh, but Chaz does hit D&D with the sexual assault harassment.
0: Right. Suit. For 10 million.
1: Oh god. So much happened.
0: So much, man. 90s moments.
1: Uh RSVPing 3 days in advance to a wedding. I mean, I don't know if that's like a 90s thing or just a rude thing.
0: Mm. Um Billy and was it Rob? Billy and Rob at Shooters. There's a bowl of free like bar bar Nuts mix. or something, yeah. It's like Chex mix. Uh, <laughs> like no one would ever eat that yeah, right now. You
1: never see that anymore. No. Um, Allison's parents asking if Meredith sent a phone number <laughs> in her letter.
0: The weekly gossiper.
1: Uh Sydney, when she's hooking on the streets, you can see Tower Records in the background. Oh. oh that's gone.
0: Um, Sydney's outfit when she's having ice cream with Kimberly.
1: I have her outfit when she's hooking, those hoop earrings and that metallic jacket.
0: Ooh. With my scene, she's got the military Doc Martens tights and a flower sundress. Yeah, I love and that a flower look. Flower hat.
1: I love that look.
0: Um, And I got. Lastly, Chaz reading that paper.
1: Yeah. Uh I have the actual money, the twenty dollar bills that's handed to Sydney. That money is like, oh, it's like so old school. You're so like I'm so used to the new twenty dollar bills that came out whenever mm-hmm. they did ten years ago or whatever. But seeing those old school twenties is kind of jarring. Rob's hairstyle, that PC gelled, almost wet look. I don't know. How that was ever deemed attractive?
0: Rob was disgusting.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't care for him. Um, The bridge, the fridge at the beach house is like that old school, like yellowing fridge that's like looks like Mm. it's from the seventies. Yep. Um, Jane's crocheted skull cap that she wears (laughs) when she's like ready to like, I'm gonna go get to Michael. And then lastly, I have Amanda's fox hunter jacket. Back in the 90s that like that look of like the red jacket with the black collar and the brass buttons like I'm going to go catch a fox today like that was a mm. big like Ralph Lauren like American sportswear look.
0: Okay. Nice.
1: So Dan, lessons, what can we learn from the finale of season 2?
0: Here's a lesson that you should all learn. 1 Kill the person that you attempt to kill. Don't fuck it up. You're going to murder. Do your murder. That's my lesson.
1: All right. Make sure the (laughs) deed is done. Mine is keep your spouse in the loop. Like, Mm. I don't know this whole thing about Allison running out on Billy. Billy did nothing wrong. And how could you not take it personally? That's a huge, huge thing to back out of. I yeah. mean, why did she have to get away from him? If, if Billy is her best friend and the person that she wants to confide in and spend the rest of her life with, don't you think he'd be the first person that he, she would want to talk to about this? Yeah. I th-
0: if Billy went in that room and she told him the situation, I think Billy would have said, "Like, all right, I'll tell all these people to leave and I'll, I'll try to fight your dad. And I mean, and then they would get married,
1: but it would have been better. Yeah, keeping him in the loop,
0: stuff like that. Billy, like, does understand.
1: Keep your spouse in the loop.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. It's better than murder. When you
1: set out to kill someone, make sure you murder them.
0: Do that shit, Jenny. Last time this season, (gasps) it's time for bitch of of the week! week. Last week, I said that Allison was the bitch, (laughs) and Jenny said that Kimberly was the bitch. And I don't know if you all have been listening to the last like seven, eight, or nine, or ten podcasts, but Jenny seems to always win Bitch of the Week, and... I'm getting pretty damn sick of it.
1: I've been on a little streak. It's not insane. But Dan, tell us the results.
0: So this week, well, I'm sorry, last week uh, was a result on Twitter of 4-3. to three. Jenny won with Kimberly.
1: Woo! And
0: then on our Facebook group, with the result of 9-8, to eight. Jenny again. I think it was 11-9. Oh, then someone just voted. Mm. I'm looking at it now. Okay. 11-9. Jenny, you win with Kimberly again. And now I'm going to make like Keith and blow my head off.
1: Oh, don't you ever <laughs> resort to that, Dan. I know we had a lot of feedback from our Facebook group about oh. what people thought and who they agreed with most. Tiffany kicks this off saying that she goes with Allison this week mostly because that she thinks one more loss to Jenny might send Dan over the edge, Keith Gray style. Oh, it's honey, true. I can only hope, and I love, Dan, you responded with uh, that you've already sent me black spray-painted flowers with horror written inside the box. <laughs> Thank you.
0: You got it. Um, Viv says, Allison has always been a petty bitch. But I'm going to side with Jenny's convincing and chilling arguments on Kimberly. The fact that she's a doctor and is willing to endanger a patient's life for payback against Michael is enough for me.
1: Well, thank you so much for the support, Viv. Eric says that he's sorry, Dan, but he's got to go with Kimberly. She could have murdered that poor man, and you know that guy's going to have fear of hospitals, and he'll annoy his relatives again and again as the, he tells the story of the time the hospital almost killed me. Plus, Kimberly tried to shortchange that hitman. She has no respect for kill workers. Very, very mm-hmm. great observation, Eric. Couldn't agree more.
0: Lizzie says, Allison, because of her face.
1: Lizzie, I mean, I can't fault you there. Can't fault you there. Um, Kevin, you said that Dan had you in tears listening to your case for Allison of Bitch of the Week. That he almost voted for you, but he had to come on back to Jenny's side.
0: Kevin, I'm disappointed, because man.
1: Because Dr. Kimberly Shaw, wow, what a conniving bitch. Marsha Cross gave an absolutely stunning performance in this episode. It's only going to get better from here, folks. And he still chose her for the bitch because of her carelessness with that poor and innocent patient. She crossed a line and loved it. Is being the bitch of the week a good thing now? Stay tuned.
0: hmm Alyssa says, definitely, Kimberly. Jenny hit it right on the money. She almost killed somebody just to get back at Michael. And Jenny made a good point about the insurance money. Kimberly took a portion of it to pay for Michael to be killed. You can't make this shit up. (laughs) The writers can and they do, and
1: we love them for it. Donald, you said that Dan's argument for Allison being the bitch of the week was completely unjustified. Allison is in a very delicate situation and not knowing what to do. And of course, she confides in her fiance and she had no way of knowing Billing was going to spill her secret. He voted for Kimberly because Jenny's argument was much more believable. But the nomination for the bitch should have been Chaz and Amanda. Due to the fact that Amanda was just downright ridiculous in this episode, the way that she treated Allison and the way that she treated Jake, he really didn't understand what the writers were thinking with this storyline.
0: Hmm. Here's the best comment from Greg. I voted for Allison this week. Yes, Kimberly did some terrible, something terrible. She endangered the life of a patient, but she's crazy. Remember the huge scar on her head? She is a psycho, not a bitch. What Allison did is unforgivable. How would you guys feel if a supposed friend went to your significant other behind your back with some pseudo-information about you that will turn out to be false and that the significant other decided to terminate the relationship because of it? I think Amanda was actually nice on this one. Allison is a bitch. Great point. Kimberly is not a bitch. She's nuts. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, we don't have psycho of the week. We just have bitch of the week. And that's a catch all for all the crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how I'm going to justify it.
0: And then um, Zach, he says, Kimberly was pretty bitchy. But that patient was merely a glorified extra. So do we really care about him that much? Alice is the bitch. (laughs) Zach couldn't agree more. Oh,
1: I love it. Um, uh, Sherry says that she voted Kimberly because she did endanger a patient's life to get back at Michael. And that was a messed up thing to do. Agreed.
0: Zach, again, doesn't understand why Levin is getting off scot-free. He's Kimberly's superior and turns a blind eye to all of this. Just because he's got beef with Mancini, you could make a strong case for him being responsible for every devious act Kimberly performs from here on out because he could have nipped this in the bud. But he didn't.
1: Another good point. Yeah. Uh, Michael then says what Kimberly did was psychotic. <laughs> like mentally deranged she is on a criminally insane one woman mission for revenge on michael who in my opinion frankly has it coming she spent five months in a coma and now has a literal scar on her head to show the mental damage that was done thanks to the man she was ready to marry i think her actions however unhinged and whatever casualties turn up in her wake are justified in an unbalanced mentally dismembered she can't help her herself kind of a way. Allison, however, just cannot make up her own mi- her just cannot mind her own business. and I think in a sick yet totally sane and rational way, unlike Kimberly derives some sort of pleasure in blurting out distorted facts in quotes that she know knows can and most will likely fuck with Amanda's relationships in her career. And all on the word of Chaz, What a bastion of credibility. The least she could have done was gone to Amanda and asked for her side of the story. What a petty little bitch.
0: Wow.
1: And he says again, in short, my vote goes for Allison. (laughs) Thank you. So lots of great feedback, guys. Um, Again, we love reading uh, what you have to say, uh, why you agree or disagree, and uh, other characters that you put up for Bitch of the Week. We love you. We certainly do.
0: So this week, I got, who do I got? Who do I got? My bitch of the week this week, for obvious reasons, is Mr. Parker. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. Mr. Parker, you creepy son of a bitch. The cardinal rule in life is don't mess with the kids. You screw them up. And it's just gross. It's creepy as fuck. And then on top of that, on the wedding day... You tell your daughter that you will murder her (laughs) if she speaks out? God damn. Then you don't even come to L.A. for that long. And in the car ride off the airport, you say how shitty L.A. is. I hate that. I really, really hate that. So, Mr. Parker, then you tried to pass blame on Billy of why Allison took off tried to skate away and then you creepy little bitch hanging out in San Fran at night no jacket in the in the yard of your daughters who you who you tried to uh defame by saying she was a junkie
1: and in a cult
0: and in a cult <laughs> and brainwashed against you you are a bitch you're the scum of the earth mr parker b o t w
1: all right, compelling argument, Daniel. however, I'm going to disagree. I think the bitch of this episode is Bruce, okay Bruce? guys he here we are. Amanda is a valued employee that's been with d and d for years. You'd think that she'd have some clout with management. This dude, Chaz, gets hired. And, I mean, he was employed for days, maybe three to five days in all. Now, granted, he did put together one killer poker tournament. Okay. But this guy comes in with <laughs> all of these horrible allegations against Amanda, who is a senior manager at your firm. And you're going to take this, this dude's, all of his, everything he said about Amanda seriously? I mean, I, I, I don't buy it. I don't think that this is how this would work in the real world. And I think if Bruce really had any care and concern for his employees that he would really go to Amanda first and get all this information. We learn later in the episode that Hillary does some calling around. And might I add, this final verdict is taking place on a Sunday, which is freaking weird. Hillary finds out about the, about, um, what's his name? Chaz's little plot to like screw her over with everything and lie about this whole sexual harassment thing. She makes a couple of calls on a Saturday night and Sunday. She's able to go into that courtroom and say, I made a few calls and verified that everything on his resume is incorrect. He is completely everything. He said he was, he lied about everything. So you're telling me D and D did none of their homework, no investigation. They have a 10, million dollar lawsuit looming over their (laughs) heads and they didn't even try to do like a like personal background check on this guy to say oh let's cross-reference his resume against like who he said he's worked for if they made one call they would know that this guy's lying and that would completely ruin his credibility. But no, because he put together a poker tournament and he was well-liked by management, it's like, oh, we're the guys' club. We're all guys. Here's this woman, and we're completely going to flip the script on her and say that she's in the wrong when this one psycho off the street comes up with allegations against her. Mm. I think that D&D is run by this man's club, They're a bunch of chauvinistic jerks who basically think that women are second-class citizens and they don't give them enough respect or clout to plead their case. And they, they don't even believe Amanda. I mean, this was unbelievable to me. Mm. And then at the end you see like when it's revealed that like Chaz was lying Freaking Bruce has the audacity to then, like, pat Amanda on the hand. Like, I knew you could do it. It's like, shut up, Bruce. You're a freaking bitch. This whole time, you totally were insinuating that Amanda is a sexual harasser. That's ridiculous. You're a bitch. End of story.
0: Whoa. Guys, you know where to vote. Facebook group. The link to that group is in our show notes. Or hit us up on Twitter on Tuesday. Now, this episode was called Till Death Do Us Part. And Jenny, I think we can do better.
1: Okay. Well, for this episode, I've renamed it A Broken Oath. Because a couple Mm -hmm. of oaths were broken where... You know, we have our friend Chaz lying under oath. And then the oath to marry Billy was broken by Allison when she ran away on her wedding day.
0: Nice. Thanks. I'm calling this one the longest season finale ever. (laughs) I liked it. Guys, I liked it. Don't get me wrong, but it was long.
1: You know, that's a
0: long Melrose place.
1: And, Dan, I mean, this is Easter Sunday. It's about 2 a.m. right now. So, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's colored our perception as well.
0: I mean, damn. I got shit to do tomorrow.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But um, overall, action-packed season finale it definitely delivered i can imagine watching this as somebody in 94 and just being blown away by how some of these things wrapped up and then some how some of these these things are kind of like the cliffhangers that we were presented with Ooh!
0: excited for what's to come in season three
1: i am so dan what do you predict is gonna happen
0: Predictions? Oh. Oh, predictions? Tell me. I think Michael is paralyzed. Oh. I think Michael is really fucked right now.
1: Uh, again? Yeah. <laughs> because remember, he was like paralyzed and overcame that pretty quickly. I think
0: he's going to live, but I think he is like really badly, badly broken. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Allison and Billy will not recover from this. Mm hmm. I think this I think this sends them off the deep end um uh, I think that I don't know i I wanna say Joe and Jake get back together, but it doesn't look like that's gonna happen at this point in time um I think that uh, Amanda is really gonna like fuck with Allison at work Mm -hmm. in season three. Like, that's what it's going to be about. Um, And I think that Jane, I don't know. I don't know how long Mancini Designs is going to run. You know, that's it for me.
1: Okay, I think that Allison's dad is definitely gonna attempt to kill her and her sister. <laughs> That's definitely like going to be put into action season season three, ep one. Uh I think that Billy and Allison are not gonna recover like you predicted as well, but I think so much was made of this Donna Fleming character that Billy is going to fall into her arms. That when he can't get a hold of Allison, he might place a phone call to Donna, cry on her shoulder. Allison gets back from getting everything sorted out with her dad. And oh, guess what? Billy's already talking to another girl. Her mm. name's Donna. A little blast from the past. Um <laughs> I'm thinking that Jane is going to get released pretty soon after being apprehended by the police because it's very clear that she has probably an airtight alibi. If this had happened just an hour before, she's clearly at work. She just reported her car as being stolen. So I think that's going to be a pretty big mystery that they're going to try to have to crack for next uh next season i think matt and rob are going to strike up a relationship and maybe we might see rob a little bit more with matt and matt having another love interest uh, I think Sydney is going to crack and tell Michael all about Kimberly. Mm. And that might be the demise of the Kimberly Michael relationship, because let's face it, how many failed murder attempts are there going to be? They're not killing Michael off of the show. So I think they got to shake it up in different ways and maybe having Michael and Sid team up against Kimberly. Uh, and then I think that just like you said, I think, Season three is gonna really focus on Amanda just making life hell for Allison at D and D.
0: Yeah, all right, we're excited. We've done two full seasons now.
1: Hard to believe because these seasons are a lot That's of episodes. So big.
0: <laughs> We could have done six seasons of a Netflix show already.
1: But we are just committed to Melrose Place. We're going to see it through to the end, guys. We could not do it without you. It's es- been awesome. And we especially could not do it without our Patreon supporters. Yeah. We have gotten a new really big ticket patron. We got to thank Zach, Zach so much. Thanks, man. For your very generous contribution. That goes such a long way for us, and um, we encourage you, if you're not already donating to us, if you want to help us out, you want to keep the show going, um, if you want to donate a couple bucks here and there each month, we really appreciate it.
0: Patreon.com slash MelrosePod. And while we're at it, I mean, thank you, Julie, Zach, Kevin, Tommy, Gaspacho, Amanda, Shelly, Charlie, Tiffany, Michelle, Paul, Tara, Kat, Viv, and my so-called whatever podcast.
1: We, again, appreciate you so much.
0: You guys are awesome. So check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at MelrosePod. That's where we post. Get in our group. That's where it really, really goes down on Facebook. There's so much Fun stuff happening. Michael posted a picture of himself at at where they shot the the exterior of D&D.
1: Love it. Yeah.
0: That was that was really cool. We got to we're going to start going to these uh these locations too. It's going to happen. So, we thank you guys.
1: And the next time we talk to you, it's going to be season 3. Season 3. Ah, crazy. Well, guys, we love Smut.
0: And we love you. <laughs>